Hey, this is Aquia Jamfi, and you're listening to TBB Talks, a podcast where we from the British Blacklist bring you our conversations with creative black folk from the UK and across the globe. We'll be talking to up and comings, headline popping, and the legends from screen, stage, music, and literature. Basically, if they're creative, we'll be talking to them. And we hope to shed some insight into their lives, the work that they choose, who their inspirations are, how they stay motivated, and more importantly, how they keep sane being black in the arts and entertainment world. Yeah. I think we, the most from day one has always been about honouring the story. Mm-hmm. What we're looking at with this text is something that is, at a first glance, you feel like it could be, uh, it could be played very thin, as in like just a very kind of day to day. Okay. But there is an, a very epic level that we're also exploring in terms of the socio-political background of the ancestral roots of the play Mm. which takes us all the way back to kind of like Yoruba tradition you know we have to kind of place everything within that context of kind of looking at being able to acknowledge the past to really fully realize the experience that we are experiencing right now what August has written is something that's so beautiful so powerful so so rich and layered so Mm. we're constantly having to remind ourselves of the of the show yeah it's so interesting you said uh, um what you said it's about um it's about understanding what happened in the past to really fully get the full perspective of what these characters have been through in the in, in the future and um i watched a bit of a sidetrack i watched small island a couple of days ago and that's oh, literally brilliant. how i felt you know, it's only when you yeah. fully understand the um, the scope of what happened in the, you know, the Windrush yeah. generation, can you fully understand um, um, where we are Yes, now. exactly. Yeah. So, um, and also why people parent the way that they parent, you know, to be aspiring, you know, because they didn't have the, the opportunities that were given to them. Exactly. Come and see, yeah. And um, so uh, with um, August Wilson, is this is this your first encounter with his work? Well, my first time performing, yeah, having the opportunity to perform his work, mm-hmm. yes. But um, I came across um, his writing whilst I was at drama school when yes. a friend of mine, yeah, a friend of mine, Fizayo Akiade actually recommended me to read okay. um, uh, Fences. Mm. And I went out and bought it and I read it. And then I went out and bought Ma Rainey, bought it and yeah. watched and read it. And yeah, then I got yeah. to watch it a few years ago. So, um, you know, I'm absolutely in love with the way that he writes and just about our circumstances yeah. and, um, you know, really feeling and connecting to what we're experiencing as a people. Mm. And obviously we're seeing it from, it's an African-American experience mm-hmm. that completely we're able to, that kind of completely transcends um, and it touches us right here and now. But yeah, but I love that it's so specific. He writes specifically I think it's the only play that he has in his 10 cycle play which that isn't in pittsburgh pennsylvania is ma rainey which is set in chicago okay. other than that he makes no apology mm. that these are black stories that are set in the hill district of pittsburgh which is the area that he was born and raised in and he makes no apology for that and he doesn't try and you know some of the things that he talks about is so very specifically african-american and he mm. makes no no apology for that and i think it's just beautiful because it's so specific so i understand that uh some of the characters do they inter exist in other plays 
Yeah, so some of the plays go back to, um, as I said, um, August Wilson has a 10-cycle mm-hmm. uh, play journey where he has a play in each decade. Yeah. And there's seven guitars. So there's lots of references to mm-hmm. the generation of the kind of the lively jazz-filled Hill District, thriving Hill District era of the, um, I believe it's the 40s or, yeah, in the 40s. Um, So you see them when they're first, you know, the migration from the South back, you know, coming up to the North and people first arriving and really shaping the North of, of, you know, of the country and bringing Mm. these traditions and these sounds and the music and all of those things. And yeah, so that was really kind of kicking off. Did you... um, did you feel like um like we when researching your character looking at other mm-hmm. the other plays really gave you a, a wide perspective and understanding of um of um of your character yeah absolutely because that's what he's trying to show is the fact that intergenerational trauma intergenerational mm-hmm. pain looking at what we've learned from our forefathers our foremothers and what we need to learn um the disconnect as well and the things that we, we we kind of feel like we've just kind of arrived and that's it, you mm. know, and it's like, well, actually, when you look back to what was happening, you know, back in the 40s when these people were fleeing the South, running from Jim Crow, mm. um, you know, Jim Crow left and what was it replaced with, you know, it, it's kind of like being able to understand that. And obviously it's set in the Reagan era. So mm-hmm. what we've talked a lot about is the different systems of oppression that, mm. have, you know, they'll kind of call it something else. And that's what August explores through all of his plays. So, yeah, all of those things, it's kind of, that's why it's called a cycle, I suppose. But yeah. I think it's it's really healthy for us to continuously be able to move forward, but also to celebrate yeah. the past and what we've gone through and to acknowledge and be able to move forward. And, you know, it's this cycle. We have to constantly be doing that, moving backwards and forwards to heal, healing the trauma, because we understand it. Do you think we're any, yeah. any closer to doing that, or is that... Is that an ongoing process? Because it sometimes it feels like it comes in waves, doesn't it? The the trauma, especially with new plays and um, new playwrights of um, of of color or you know of a different you know ethnicity, seeing mm-hmm. stuff that's from different cultures or kind of invoking a lot of emotion um, for mm-hmm. for a lot of people because um, these plays haven't been seen and a new audience is experiencing them for for the first time, this new generation, so to speak. You said it. I think that what's really interesting when you're exploring African American plays and literature, they have a fully realized um, understanding of their experience. Obviously, they're a younger country, but in terms of their identity as African Americans, has been a lot longstanding than for us here as Black British. And obviously, we have such a massive. A diversity within what is black and British mm. in this country that we are having to constantly we have to look back at our very specific identities as a way for us to fully realize what our experience is now like what does it mean to be you know when you watch small island what does it mean to be of a commonwealth country what did it mean to come to the mother country mm-hmm. what was that experience like mm-hmm. so we look at that and what that what that generation experienced to what we experiencing now and being able to connect the dots African Americans have been able to connect the dots because they've had more time 
being in one place mm. with people that have been displaced as a people because of like the mass migration that happened you know after world war Two, we're still having to fully realize the effects of that mm. what has happened because it's almost like there was the war and then there was this and then there was that and then way way back there was slavery and mm. we're not kind of we as a people the same way if you watch we watch the program 13th you know the Ava DuVernay documentary yes, on yes. Netflix she really neatly pulls it all together so she starts with the displacement of African people and being brought to the Americas mm -hmm. as enslaved people and then she goes through time and looks at how media has affected the, the way that black men, black masculinity has been seen and how you know the different systems you know up to the Reagan administration the Clinton administration and how the, the prison system was then a replacement for slavery or yeah, yeah. what you know capitalism and all of these things so in that in, you know you watch that and as British people we can watch it and we can our hearts are broken and we cry and we're like you know we understand why black lives matter exists and mm. we understand why these movements are vital for the survival of the people you know of equality all of these things but we don't have such a thing here in the uk we're right. very behind because we're still in it we haven't fully realized what our identity is mm. as black African people, as black Caribbean people, as, as black British Indians, as these many identities of if you are of the Commonwealth of these countries that were colonized by the British and then you ended up being here because your grandparents or your great grandparents ended up coming after the war. What was that experience? What does that mean right now? And what are the things, you know, we, we're talking about Brexit and, you know, again, it's just everything's kind of isolated and we yeah. feel like these are just things that are just happening to us. But no, things just happen over and over again. And I think that's what August is showing us in, in his plays. It, and we have to wake up and look at our history mm. and search it out because we can't expect anyone to know our history better than we do. I think we expect the, you know, popular culture to teach us about ourselves and we can't do that. And I think we're at this point where right now there's a lot of writers, creators that are going, you know what, we have an identity and, and a voice. And it's so exciting. Yeah. I mean, in this last five years, I mean, the, the, the influx of creativity, of, of, of diversity, um, is, it, it's taken, you know, massive steps forward, but you know, there's still a long way to go, but it's so exciting yeah. to know what's around the corner in terms of creative yeah. um, influences we will have. So yeah. just taking it to, um, so you play uh, Tonya, and, um, I play Tanya, yeah. Um, can you tell us a bit, bit about your character and, um, without any spoilers, her role and her impact within the uh, within this story? So Tanya is a young woman. She is married to King, and she is what I would call. But she's aspiring. She has hopes and dreams of raising up and lifting her family for better than mm. what she sees around her. Like I say, we have to remember that it's the Reagan administration. So these are the times where black men were literally being thrown into jail. Families were being put into care. Mm. You know, there was a lot of um, drug addiction. A lot of drugs were coming into the black communities um, and families were being torn apart. So her witnessing and seeing all of these things, she wants more. So obviously, before we knew what we knew about the Cosby's uh, Cosby Show, um, there was <laughs> that was a really important image within Black consciousness of like, okay, well if they can do it mm. in terms of TV land and popular culture, well maybe we can do it as well. So, you know, and and again that was the time when Oprah Winfrey got her first TV show, 1985. Okay. Yeah. So 
I really see Tanya as this woman who really is hoping and really trying to pull herself up out of her current circumstances and she really believes in working hard and trying to keep her family safe and unfortunately you know she if we kind of if she was in in 2019 mm-hmm. she would be the mother that is kind of trying to keep all the strings holding holding on to the many strings of this flipping ship that sometimes feels like it's sinking because she wants to protect her partner she wants yeah. to protect her future children mm-hmm. but because of the political circumstances mm-hmm. you know like we heard Stephen Lawrence Day the other day and mm. you know kind of looking at she's a representation of all these different mother figures August cares very deeply about how he has written these women because these are the women that he had around him he mm. was from a single parent home so there's parts of his own mother that's in these characters of course when we say strong she's mm-hmm. also vulnerable as her ability to love yeah no matter what to have love for herself and love for people around her and she still has that sense of resilience and it's the way that <laughs> women in in real life are you know mm-hmm. so these women that are pushing and even when the men that are around them that love them are not necessarily supporting them mm. You know, they somehow still will push, push and support them no matter what. What does this play mean to you? Two part question. And why is it important um, that this story is told now? Being in an August Wilson piece, first of all, just feels like a massive an honour because mm-hmm. you're stepping into a world that is his writing is just it's like a gift Mm. as an actor to be able to say these words and to be on stage with um fellow black actors Mm -hmm. and to be absolutely unapologetic about this very specific experience that's very empowering as an actor as an artist that's a very empowering thing to experience and then telling the story that we're telling specifically really hones in on black masculinity. And again, you know, I talked to you about fully realizing one's experience. And because we've been just reacting and just trying to survive, you know, since as a people, as we've been in England, it's been very difficult to um, pause and be like why are these things happening why are deaths in police custody happening why why is there so many of our people within um, mental health uh, you know that have been sectioned all of these quite things that we kind of we notice it on a small scale on a personal scale like so and so but we're not looking at it on a kind of on a political scale we haven't paused yet I think this play um, because like I say at African Americans the American experience is, is, is a bit further ahead in terms of fully understanding and realizing and, and being able to analyze and assess that they what he's written about is in response to like fully understanding um, what that is I think what it, it it reminds me of like for example you know obviously John Singleton passed you know this week and one of the things that I actually watched was um, Boys in the Hood a few weeks ago and part the opening section of that film is set in the Reagan administration and it was released in 1991 but it took them you know, a good six or seven years to fully acknowledge and understand what they were experiencing during the 80s for them to actually turn and make, for John Singleton to write and then make a film which which shows, again, black masculinity Mm. and this community of people and they're trying, you know, they're trying to hold it together and they're trying to survive and they've got hopes and dreams but because of the, the main protagonist or the main antagonist in that story 
is the socio-political effect it has on this community and that's what August writes about so for me to be in a play that is so fully formed in what it is mm-hmm. so like these are the these are the threats that are experiencing and it's there in the writing is just an absolute joy it's not sidelining it's not side yeah it's not sidestepping or being uh, kind of like oh is it tongue-in-cheek yeah, it's yeah. Like, no these are the situations that are happening mm-hmm. like you know the stories that are going to come out of even 2019 with everything that happened with brexit we're gonna it, that's going to be really interesting to see what has been written during this time period right now yeah you know i hope that it will be these are the pressures these are the things that we're expecting and we're looking at real real lives it's not vague yeah. and out there it's specific so we know for a fact okay yeah this is what was happening and this is how it affected us and this is the mark that we've left and we can learn from that. So, yeah, all of those things, it kind of ticks all of my boxes. <laughs> Good. <laughs> as, as, as an actor, as an artist and as a human being, you know, we're connecting to the humanity of yeah. these, these characters, you know, that's always a joy. Um, and it's, it's so much is giving, given to me and the rest of the cast mm-hmm. uh, within the writing. It's just mm-hmm. all about serving the writing because it's just there for you, which is just a joy. And you just want to be like, I've got this massive blueprint that's so detailed and we've got to build this cathedral. So we want to build it and make it as beautiful and as truthful to the blueprint that we've been given. Out of all the roles, I mean, you've played, where would this rank in terms of most challenging? Um, Yeah, I'd say this is very, very up there. (laughs) (laughs) I think this is probably, yeah, this is probably it. This is probably one of the most challenging things that I've played. Yeah. I say that and I'm like hearing myself and I'm I'm trying to not hear myself. Isn't that exciting though? Oh gosh, absolutely. Absolutely. And, And that's why I say that I feel so privileged and blessed yeah. because um as an actor that's what you want you want to be challenged mm. and um to be able to explore these these wonderful you know as a, as, as a black woman to be mm-hmm. able to explore these many different black women in all their different capacities it's a very different role to play in rose granger weasley it's very different it's very it's very different very yeah. different circumstances yeah. and it, it requires more of me mm. and it means it gives me as as an artist as a human being mm. to to grow you know so uh, so you as a human being so Sherelle, I'm just going to take it more personally. I mean, I was reading that you described yourself as a creative hustler. And, um, <laughs> and so and talk to me about that, but also um, Black Trust UK and what, what that's about. Say the term creative hustler. I mm-hmm. think that came out one day because I realised I was saying lots of flashes as in like, <laughs> yeah, and I do this and I do this, flashes, yeah. flashes. Yeah. I was like, you know what, I just hustle. Yeah. Because ultimately when... You know, I am working class. I come from a working class family. Amen. So it's the thing of, you know, as an artist, you're doing your artwork, but you you might be doing your money job just to kind of be able to tick you over whilst you're trying to get that next invoice in because mm. you've got to still pay your bills. Mm-hmm. So that's what I'm saying in terms of hustling and mm. in, um, keeping all the balls in the air. Mm. So for me, it's like I try and approach my work holistically on on a point of view of like what am I learning from this character Mm. as well as I feel that we have a massive responsibility as artists the fact that you're asking me my opinion because of the show that I'm doing and the fact that I'm an actor means that I have a certain uh, responsibility and a platform Mm -hmm. um, that I have to make sure that I use 
wisely in terms of like making sure that I feel like my voice is heard, mm. but also knowing that I want to be able to reach out to the many communities that I represent. So that's really important as well, because you don't know who's watching you and you want to make sure that you can represent yourself in the best in the mm. best way possible, you know, flaws and all. With Blattress UK, as I said, I'm from Birmingham originally. Mm -hmm. So when I first, what I come from is this really rich city of community, mm -hmm. of, of proud Caribbean culture um, and grassroots organisations. So when I first came to London, I didn't really know anyone. And I think I literally turned up into a lot of different areas that I thought that I knew I could get my hair done, yeah. buy a patty, <laughs> I'd go to Ladbrook Road, yeah. I ended up in Halston, I went to Brixton, and I would just find my way on the tube and go to these places when I first got here like 10 years ago. Mm. So I realised that being out of Birmingham, it made me realise how important community was to me. Mm. Fast forward a few years, having gone through drama school, working within the industry, and I realised that I started to connect with actors that had been, you know, have a lot more experience than me and mm. how much I really needed and valued their wisdom mm. and how much I appreciated their advice. And I realized that, again, cyclical, that all the things that they had experienced, I was experiencing right now, they had gone through. Mm. So it's like fast forwarding the healing process of knowing that, first of all, I'm not on my own. And just opening, having a space to have that dialogue. So that's where Blattress UK started, because I had to build a community that I myself needed. Yeah. Um, and I realized that a lot of other, specifically black women. Mm -hmm. Now, why it's black women is that I realized that whenever we were celebrating and talking about the victories of black actors, it would mainly be black men that would be celebrating. And black women kind of got sidelined. So whenever we would talk about black achievement on screen mm -hmm. or, on, you know, mainly on screen, mm -hmm. there wasn't a lot of black women representation. And it was almost like, OK, well, we're talking about black, but we're not really talking about the fact that black women are not being represented. And they're working just as hard, if not harder. Yeah. And we realize, again, there is this other system of something called the patriarchy there. Mm -hmm. So then I read a lot of Audre Lorde and kind of looking at intersectionality and what that means and how that affects black women mm. and again you know i was saying to you we in order for us to be able to heal and to move forward we have to understand what is happening to us mm. within what is the ailment what is the the thing that is holding us back what is the obstacle so creating spaces for black women artists actors specifically and um, was just literally getting meetups and putting a, a, a message out to people to come and meet and um um, have dinner um, and that's how Blatra started um, and then we wanted to take it into workshops so then from then not just talking about it but actively finding solutions which will be in the workshops of finding and developing tools that we can then use so they're called spark workshops okay. so we've had uh, lots of people um, come in and do so for example Cora Messam who's the movement director on a small island she's run a few workshops We've had Reiki Ayala, who used to play Hermione um, in Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. She came and did a workshop on looking at classical theatre. And these, all of these workshops are all black women-led. Yeah. So again, we're encouraging leadership roles, which we don't see enough of, mm -hmm. where black women, as experts within their fields, are coming in and talking to other black women and sharing their 
their expert skills. So we have Anna Bomo from Krypton, um, who's a phenomenal classical TV actress who came in and did a workshop looking at how we label ourselves, yeah. you know, and self-identity. And all of this is, again, faith-based stuff, but we also, we did the Black Trust season at the end of last year, which was about developing work, again, where we put in black women on the platform. Mm. But a lot of the time where we are spoken about, if we are spoken about on stage or screen, it's not us that are telling our own stories. So there is a nuance that is missing and you watch it and you're like, okay, yeah, it wasn't a black woman or mm-hmm. someone who didn't necessarily research that person's experience, that black woman's experience to then put it on stage and screen. And it's about, there's a real lack of authenticity. And there's something that happens when you put black women in charge more often. It means that actually, because in terms of uh, how the patriarchy works Mm -hmm. and how white supremacy works, it means we're at the bottom. So we have an understanding of oppression Mm -hmm. across both lines, both Mm -hmm. up and down and sideways. When you put black women in charge, it means that we have a better understanding and empathy for everybody else because we know how it feels to be left out. We've got some big events that happen in this year. Um, Just bringing it back Mm -hmm. to um, King Headley II, um, Mm -hmm. what can we expect from the show? And why should people come and see it? First of all, you can expect talent. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Few. <laughs> so everyone is. I, I enjoy turning up to work every day and just enjoying everyone's mm-hmm. like performances. Um, you can expect heart, and um, it's just going to be a breath of fresh air to see this very, this yeah, just this really powerful and moving mm-hmm. um, story where it's just unapologetically black. <laughs> I love that. Like, yeah, like I will say that because yeah. it's not very often as, as we get to do that. We kind mm. of have to explain ourselves or hold certain things back, but yeah. it's, it's an all black cast. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's about a black experience. Mm. And I think that can be celebrated. And I'm very, very proud to be be part of that and yeah. to be able to tell that story yeah. as a black actor as a black woman yeah i cannot yeah. wait to see it <laughs> I'll, I'll be seeing that um, in a couple of weeks thank you for your time and, no, and thank you. i wish you a pleasant day and um i look forward to seeing your show so um thank you bye bye